0: And welcome to the Motormouth Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, helping to raise awareness and help find a cure. Thanks to our partnership, we've been able to create a short series of special podcasts, uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. You can hear these stories, including the Williams F1 team's planning director, Richard Jones, right now on your chosen podcast. Player. The charity work all year round to help develop research and raise awareness. And this October sees the return of the Brain Tumor Charity's most beloved community event, the Twilight Walk. You can join them remotely this autumn to cover 10 kilometres, 40 kilometres, 130 kilometres or your very own distance to raise money and take strides towards a cure. Moving about is well known for boosting our well-being and you can complete your walk bit by bit or all in one go as a team or by yourself at home or indoors. So visit www.thetwilightwalk.com to sign up and start your fundraising challenge. A huge thank you for your support if you can donate anything you can do that through the motormouth.club website or through the Brain Tumour Charity Direct and together we can help every single person affected by a brain tumour It's season 9 and we're really excited to be teaming up with Rodin Cars based in New Zealand but with a new HQ open in Donington Park in the UK owning the Rodin FZ gives you the keys to experience a whole new level of driving performance A supercar like no other, giving you the chance to feel pure driving pleasure. Designed for easy maintenance, you could own the F1 lifestyle and strive for that perfect lap time with the Rodin FZ. There's plenty of purchasing options including after-sale partnership where your Rodin FZ is looked after on and off track by an official Formula Racing team, storage and exclusive track access to Rodin's very own circuit in New Zealand. With Rodin and the Rodin FZ, you experience so much more than just owning an open-wheel high-performance supercar. For more information on Rodin and how you can get involved, visit rodin-cars.com.
1: Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now, our guest today hails from Kings Langley, which... Did you know Harry Benjamin is the birthplace of Ovaltine? I don't know if you remember Ovaltine. It's like this multi drink which was founded in 1913. There were seven founding employees, but by 1950 it had over 1,400 staff before sadly closing in 2002. Did you also know that King's Lanley was the original burial site of King Richard II's body until it moved to Westminster Abbey? The very first Duke of York, which is really hard to say without doing that song in your head, Edmund Langley, still remains in the memorial chapel at the Church of All Saints in the village. And the reason Kings Langley is called King's Langley is that the Queen built a hunting palace on a hill way back when. It had its own settlement with its own deer park. As ownership of it changed, so too did its name. And by 1282, it was Langley Regina or Queens Langley in honour of the Queen at the time. And as time went by, Queens were succeeded by Kings and it settled on Kingslandley. Didn't you bet you didn't know that? But Harry, can you tell me which global sports superstar who competes in just a pair of shorts and some gloves went to <laughs> school in Kings
0: Langley? In just a pair of shorts and some gloves. Think about it. In Kings Langley, oh, he's from. They're from there. Is that what the question is? They Sorry. went
1: to school in Kings Landly. Who went to school in Kings Langley? He's a global sports superstar. And he just wears shorts and a pair of gloves.
0: Uh, uh, I feel like I'm going to... I hate these questions because I never... (laughs) Do you give up? Yeah, I've got no idea. I've actually got no idea. Anthony Joshua. Oh! Yeah, I wouldn't have even guessed
1: that, to be honest. So AJ went to King's Nanlady School. Um, He's held the WBF, IBF, WBO and IBO titles and has beat some of the heavyweight greats. Anyway, that's a shame. You know, actually, shame. just
0: off that, you know, I met him once actually, and this is a good segue into our thing just quickly because once back in the day when I was uh, a, the the lowest of the low doing running and, and interning, I, I was at Silverstone with BBC Radio Five Live, and Anthony Joshua was there on the grid. And I was next to um, Jenny Gao, who just finished interviewing him. And he looked at me, and he he's like, "Oh, you're right, mate." And he fist bumps me, mm. but I go I go in with the handshake, oh. and he's there with the fist, <laughs> and then it's an awkward last minute. <laughs> no, okay, fist bump. I there we go. Uh, so I've gone I've gone fist to fist with Anthony Joshua. I can well, say that
1: I have too. I've actually held his belts. I went to his uh, his fight in Saudi that, against uh, Ruiz, which he won the second time of asking. And uh, I've got a picture of me with all all four of his belts. Super cool. He's a really nice bloke. Massive. Anyway, shall I introduce today's guest?
0: I think we better get on with it, yeah.
1: So today we're joined by Jack Nichols. Jack started his ascent to motorsport fame by marshalling on the banks of the UK's race circuits before finding a route into commentary. His big break came in 2011 when he landed the role of commentator in F2 before moving around GTs, the Olympics, Formula One, at BBC Radio 5 Live. And of course, leading the charge... In Formula E, see what I've done there. It's clever. We're here to hear about his life,
0: opinions, fears, and goals. Jack Nichols, welcome to the. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Hello, Mister Nichols. Yes, an absolute pleasure to finally get you on. Um, so, where are you at the moment? Are you Kings Langley still, or have you moved? Last year's new.
2: No, 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 no. I uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, right. I moved. I moved around a bit as a kid, so this is now where I live, and uh, it's very nice. And all those facts are are true. Oh, yeah,
0: fair enough. Well, yeah. well, what was it like then growing up in that in that area? When when was motorsport sort of on your peripheries? Was it always there, or did you have some eureka moment?
2: Well, so I grew up in the Midlands. I was born and grew up in the Midlands, and um, I just started watching F one with my dad. You know, same old story as everybody, <laughs> and uh, and then I really liked F one, got hooked on it. And then that was that, really. And then I was then I was sort of obsessed from, from there on in. And then my family moved to Norfolk, and so um, grew up there from when I was twelve. And then I did, yeah, like just always was really into into Formula One specifically. I didn't really get into any other motorsport till about I would say about two thousand two ish when I was about twelve, and uh, I got into British touring cars. And then still, that was kind of it. Like the weird thing, when I look back now, I had no idea who Lewis Hamilton was when he joined Formula One. When, you know, you found out, and it was before the internet as well, of course, properly. And I remember going into the local shop and seeing this newspaper and it was like, Lewis Hamilton joins McLaren. I've not heard of this guy in my life, which now when you've heard of every British driver in the, in the, you know, junior categories, is a bit mad really yeah. to think how, uh, uh narrow-minded isn't the right word but you know focused the world of motorsport is on formula one
1: yeah absolutely do you remember the first race you actually went to as a live spectator
2: yeah it was the 1997 british grand prix qualifying so my uncle used to work for someone and got us tickets or something and so we went to the 97 british grand prix qualifying and then i didn't go to another Motor race until the 2004 British Grand Prix, and it was around. It was around 2004 and 2005. I started going to uh, British touring car races at, at Snetterton.
0: Was there ever a point where you thought, or did you kind of find it a bit too late in life, you know, trying to actually race, or were you always more? I'll just talk about it instead. It's there's it's, there's there's no option to race. Is there? Like that's <laughs> like that's the <laughs> biggest thing with with
2: motorsport. There's absolutely zero option to <laughs> race. You can go down the go kart track and pay. 20 quid for 20 minutes, which is, you know, your, 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 your weeks, you know, does your parents' budget for the week on entertaining the kids goes in, goes in one go. So actually racing never even crossed my mind because it's just impossible.
1: Now you obviously didn't start just, you know, you didn't get a big break in the sense of straight into Formula One or anything like that. You had to cut your teeth somewhere. What was your story? Where did you first get your opportunity to, um, to talk alongside a race?
2: So, I always wanted to be a commentator since I was like six or seven, and I would I would make you know pre-season guides and like you know those um like ITV F one pre-season guides. I would basically make one of those for myself, and because you know draw all the helmets and the cars and the liveries and stuff very poorly, but you know uh, that's what I like to do. In fact, I probably made more notes then than I do now which is quite bad, but, uh, I was, I always wanted to be a commentator. And, um, then I got into sim racing when I was 18, because that's what you get into when you're 18, isn't it? Sim racing, <laughs> not drinking or yeah. partying anyway. Um, and, uh, in that they had, they needed commentators basically for, uh, for some of these races that were broadcast. So I started doing that and then I thought, oh, well, this is actually quite fun. And I'd started marshalling as well because, again, what cool kid doesn't do that when they're eighteen? And uh, when I was marshalling, I um, there were commentators on the, you know, the tanoi. and I thought, well, actually, that sounds more fun because you're inside and not getting soaked. And I presumed it was voluntary as well as marshalling, but actually, they uh, give you a hundred quid, and you're like, I'll take that. You know, you're a uni student, and then you get a hundred quid, and you're like, it's unbelievable. Yeah and uh so that was it i started doing it at race circuits and so the first one i did was um with a man called chris hartley who does the uh i don't know what he does now actually he does but dtm he did, i think now Does he still do dtm yeah he does the track side stuff for the british touring cars still i did i couldn't remember if he still did dtm or not but he's a lovely man and um he let me commentate on a formula ford 1600 race at uh, a brscc meeting at Mallory Park, which Martin Galpin won, and that was on the twenty sixth of July two thousand and nine, and that was my first sort of real commentary. Do you think your um? We'll we'll come on to how you got into Formula One and Formula E a little bit later.
1: But do you think your sort of style has changed over the years, or did I guess you hone it? But do you think the way you actually present the information has changed?
2: Uh, overall, I would say not overall there's a very interesting on on the on the youtube there's my first ever live tv commentary and it was also Jolie and palmer's first ever live tv commentary and it's the two of us together and i haven't listened back to it actually since uh for a long time but i would i would guess it's kind of similar and um i think i am less serious now i'm more myself now than 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 i was before but i think i've always just Well, here's the thing, because I started doing it when I was six, like, I'm not taking the Mickey, like I would have 20 cars on. I used to have these rolls and rolls of like uh, vinyl flooring from where we had the kitchen done and it was like vinyl and then it like rolled up and I would have about five or six rolls in my bedroom against the wall, each about, I don't know, sort of a meter by a meter maybe and they had tracks drawn on them and i'd draw the tracks on and then i'd race my little cars around and um this was not 18 this was like <laughs> yeah whatever this was like seven or eight yeah precious yeah, yeah. week and, and uh, you were doing that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly uh i was sim racing during freshers week there's no doubt about that and um but uh yeah so i'd be commentating so when i started commentating and then i would commentate on my own races on um uh F1 2002 and stuff like that. I'd always turn the commentary off on FIFA and do it myself. And so people would be like, Oh, you sound like you've been doing it, you know, your whole life. It's like, Well, yeah, yeah I have, literally yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't think I've changed too much. Well, probably since I was eight, but overall, since I sort of started, I think I've always known what I've wanted a commentary to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah. I think the, the, Having listened to so much, you know, so many different commentators as well over the last however many years it's been that I've watched motorsport, the style I think has also kind of changed overall in terms of it's become a bit more conversational and, and a bit more, you know, less this is, this is obviously it's still important and it's still a serious, but at the same time, it's, you know, everyone's here to watch and be entertained and have a bit of fun. And so you want to kind of bring that kind of to the party as well. Um, going up through the ranks though, the F2 was obviously quite a big thing for you getting that what was that like <laughs> uh
2: it was great it was it was it was really um weird i was at uh so before then i had been doing the the track stuff and then i'd done some mazda mx5 commentary like post-produced highlights uh with a man called ian Soman who i owe a lot to as well and um then i was going through the an airport at Luton airport and i got a phone call from you know, an unknown number. Hello, hello, it's Jonathan Palmer here. And you're like, wow. obviously, no, it's not. And, uh, but it was. And he asked me to just do formulas or the first race at Silverstone and see how it goes. So again, I owe him a, him a lot. And it became about because I went to school with Jolien's girlfriend at the time. And so they, I, I don't actually know how it actually came about but I'm presuming they were sitting around the dinner table one night and Jonathan was like, oh, I need a commentator because Formula 2 had just left Eurosport. Oh, I need a commentator. And I presume that this uh, girl has gone, oh, I'm friends with a guy on Facebook who keeps doing this commentary stuff. Oh, have a look. And then... That's it. So
1: that's why. That's why the world is nuts. Yeah, I mean, they, they let any Tom, Dick, and Harry do F two commentary these days, don't they, Harry? I mean, that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, any any riffraff they just dragging off the street. Um, I, I'm doing it an injustice, obviously. And for our listeners <laughs> who don't know, Harry. Has dabbled in F two and F three commentaries, so uh, there you go. I'll blow a little bit of smoke up your ass. It's not going to happen again.
0: I, I owe a lot to COVID. Um yeah. that really, yeah, that really yeah. presented the opportunity.
1: <laughs> were you Were you nervous in that first live broadcast? Did you think shit? What is about to happen?
2: I don't. As a rule, I don't get nervous until like. Well, as a rule, I don't get nervous. I never feel nerves, honestly, and unless it's a big thing. And then when it's a big thing, I only feel it at the last second. So the best way I can equate it is like getting your exam results. I would be fine. I'd be chilled. Let's go into school, get exam results. You'd in the queue and you'd pick up your envelope and you'd just be sliding your finger into that top bit of the envelope and I'd suddenly be like, oh, God. Yeah oh, this is, where, this is where it all matters and it's all important, you know? And you're like, why haven't I been nervous about this? Why, <laughs> what, why didn't I try? And then all of that thing happens and then you open it yeah. and then you've got what you've got and then it's not too bad. But, yeah, so that first Formula 2 race at Silverstone, mm, my brain just went to, like, I still remember it really clearly, and my brain just went to sort of cotton wool and it was just, like, stuffed full of nothingness and the first few minutes must have just been terrible and then sort of settled down and and there no, were we go. you on your
0: own for it or did you No, i
2: was with Julian, so but he'd never done anything either so that was so that was leading you know, the blind yeah exactly great lot of use he was and um so yeah so no but there's very few times i get i don't get nervous in commentary anymore at all uh it's only when i'm doing something a bit weird like presenting like when i'm hosting like the Um, I didn't actually have it this year in Berlin, but when when I host the end-of-season Formula E Awards, as an example, when you're about to go up on stage there in front of, like, quite a big venue and thousands of... I find that quite nerve-wracking, but commentary has no nerves. I mean, it's,
1: it's your job at the end of the day, isn't it? And and I suppose you've done it so often now that the nerves don't really come into the equation. I'm sort of the same. I, I don't get nervous about things a bit like you until the last minute. If, if even then the only time I did, I don't know whether you did too, Harry was when we had Rosberg on and I was a bit like, Ooh, shit, this is a, this is a big cheese. And, and because he was a little bit
0: awkward at the beginning, it made, it did, it did make me go a bit, a bit weird. Yeah, he didn't want to talk about his F1 career either, which made it a bit awkward. But uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was nervous for Rosberg and also David Coulthard. Yeah, enough. Um, because when he joined us on his Zoom, it looked like he was just joining us from some sort of throne area that in his office. <laughs> But I get, I get. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm still new or whatever. But I still get, I get very nervous. Like not right in the build up, but certainly like the night before, I'll have my stomach will be oh, doing the night before. Really, I'll wow. be, I'll be the night before because I'll be stressing. Like when I got the F two, the especially the F two this year call up, just to do one off race. I felt so, so many nerves because I only got the call on a Friday afternoon, mm. and I was like, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I've watched it, obviously, but I don't know it as in-depth as a commentator needs to know it. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm going to absolutely pause this up. I'm going to be so nervous. I'm going to get the driver wrong. And people, excuse me, people slate you on Twitter, don't they? Because if if they're watching F2, F3, or whatever it is, they're going to be quite knowledgeable about it, let's be honest. Or you've fallen asleep with the TV on and it's just come on. So I don't know if you found this as well, Jack. Like, in terms of if you make i suppose when you're starting out as well if you make one little mistake or whatever you call something wrong twitter is on you like people are just on you because and and they hate you for it it's like you completely destroyed their whole world
2: yeah uh <laughs> uh um oh i don't I you don't make, mistakes. No, 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 I make a lot of mistakes. The um, the worst is in Formula E, Dilbag Gill, who's the team principal of Mahindra. He like keeps count. Honestly, every session, he'll come up to me after every session, like free practice one. He'll be like, "You said Felix did this, but that was actually Nick." Or, you know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he really honestly keeps count. Honestly, in fact, I might have a is there a tally chart somewhere? Let Uh, me just see. uh, What's that voice note? No, I think he DM'd me on Instagram. <laughs> oh my!
0: So this God. is 25th of
2: April. This is 10 a.m. He says, "Too many mistakes today, Jack." No. Lotterer has a three-grid penalty. Lynn started third yesterday, and I don't oh know what that. God. I can't remember what. Yeah, so he's picking me up on these things, oh, and I replied God. saying, "Dillwag, uh, I was terrible in qualifying, and I was actually that day." But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, so no, I don't get nervous. Um. I get nervous sometimes when I when I get into my head and I think it's a big race or something. But mm. I definitely don't get nervous in the days leading up to it. Um, but it's different. Different people get different. Yeah. Like Martin Brundle always talks about the the adrenaline rush he gets from live TV, mm. and it you know almost replaces the racing driving part. I don't get it, but then I think I just don't feel much as a person. You're just dead, right? dead the, inside. Just yeah. Well, I like I'm sort of not taking the piss because, like H- Harry, as an example, you're sort of a theatre man, and and that's that's a requisite, of it And that was the worst. I did. I studied theatre, and I just oh, I I couldn't relate to these characters or someone. I was play. I would like play a comedy role, like no problem at all. But as soon as you're trying to sort of have any kind of empathy yeah, I struggle sure. yeah exactly you, um, genuinely so so it makes
1: sense why you would be nervous and I would not be because uh, you know are you, are you a I can relate to a lot of what you're saying one of the other traits that I have that um some other people don't have is um I'm not a misser like if I if I go to if I go live abroad for three or four years which I've done in the past I can kind of get on with it without missing home too much are you? do you have that sort of trait as well like you just sort of get on with it
2: yeah, I guess so. I think it's that. Um, I very much... Li- saying I live in the moment makes it sound a lot more uh, carpe diem than it's meant to. But I think it's just... I just think I'm just quite... I think I just have quite a narrow spectrum of... Yeah. of uh, a, narrow broad, a narrow band of uh, mental abilities, basically. And so I'm right in the moment, usually. Yeah. And I forget to... I forget other stuff. I forget a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so with you. So ah, it's, it's good. to Feel like we're bonding over our our, yeah, exactly. our, our dead inside
2: therapy.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously you know motorsport, and, and you don't get nervous there. Understandably, it's it's your bread and butter. But you've covered other stuff. You've done the Olympics. I think both the summer and the winter Olympics, which is difficult because there's a lot in the Olympics. is running and all sorts of other bits and pieces, and cycling. It, did you find that challenging? Was it hard? Do you find it hard to adapt to different sports?
2: It depends on what the sport is. So I did. And 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 you get quite the problem with the Olympics. uh, Well, there's okay. So overall, the problem with the Olympics is you're meant to be commentating for a general audience. Right. Because no one's seen these sports before. But obviously the hardcore people know the sports and they know you're getting it wrong. And so they give you loads of stick on Twitter. Um, I had a shocker at the Winter Olympics because I asked to do the ski cross and the snowboard cross, you know, the downhill racing-y stuff. And they're like, yeah, great, you're hired, great, awesome. And then you get out there and they're like, oh, great, so you're doing all, honestly, like weeks in advance, a few weeks notice I was, you're doing all of freestyle skiing and snowboarding. I was like, what, like the half pipe? are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So suddenly I'm doing the, like, snowboard half pipe and snowboard slope style and uh i had to turn my twitter off because (laughs) basically it was going on so for an nbc in america for their sort of prime time show that they have at seven o'clock at night you sort of the olympics today thing that we have on the beat they had their proper commentators do it but if you wanted to get up at 3 a.m and watch it you could do on the nbc app and the nbc app took me so I'm just there going, oh, what a lovely spin! <laughs> oh, he's got upside down, you know, and like that kind of terrible uh, nonsense. So, I, uh, so it was it was a combination of me being bad and unprepared, but also it was the hardcore Colorado, uh, you know, Aspen audience that were listening, and yeah, it was just then. a yeah. disaster. Um, so that was that was a very sad that was that was a very sad tough month. <laughs> But the, the Summer Olympics are great. Like, I did handball for all of um, uh, Rio, did the whole handball tournament. And it's just football with hands, isn't it? But, and, uh, you know, there's slightly different rules, but the kind of principles of how you would commentate on it are the same as commentating on football. So you've got to learn the rules and then away you go. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And now, what did you do in the Summer just gone? Did you do the Olympics as well, this one?
2: Yeah, but I only, so this one, I only, because it's, uh, I with Formula E somewhere, London, a couple of Formula E's that I was basically doing continuity for Eurosport. So on Eurosport, if you're watching Eurosport 1 at uh, 3 a.m., then when the swimming finished, you got me going, well that was some great swimming now let's go to this shooting you know it was it was that
0: yeah. so it was uh
2: it was pays fun it. i really enjoyed it actually yeah, yeah. i just got i just sort of sat there for eight hours watching olympics
0: which i never really do oh fair enough well, pays the bills as well i suppose <laughs> a quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor road in cars Rodin are a bespoke, formula-style supercar manufacturer based in New Zealand. With their vehicle offering, this is the only place where you can truly live the F1 lifestyle. With the easy-to-run, easy-to-maintain, and even easier-to-drive Rodin FZ, you can live the dream of hunting down those final tenths of lap time whilst being fully supported by the team at Rodin, who will provide you with after-sale care, storage options, exclusive use of their incredible track in New Zealand, and, courtesy of Formula Racing Team, Haidtel, Set Grand Prix will run, set up, and maintain your vehicle on and off the track. The Rodin FZ is a vehicle like no other, perfect for any true car aficionado in search for that elite performance. To find out more, head to Rodin-cars.com. Um, that brings us nicely on, actually, to a, a bit of Formula E. Before we get into Formula E, because naturally you are the lead commentator for that, I think now is the perfect time to quiz you yep. on your Formula E knowledge from the last okay. season, uh, and then we'll dive into Formula E. So.
2: These welcome. cushions keep appearing above my head, and it's really annoying. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at
0: that. I go there, and then they I just that. It looks like the mountains in the background. Oh, with it? Just about got it. get away I with it. it. Uh, exactly welcome, well. Jack Nichols, to Motor Mouth, the hardest quiz in motorsport. Um, because sometimes I get the answers wrong because I'm, just, <laughs> well, I'm awesome. just going off Wikipedia here. Um, but we're going to give you the exact same questions that we gave Vernon Kay, who came on a few weeks ago.
2: Do I have
0: um, to do a, a past survey says gag or, or? <laughs> no? You're fine. I mean, if you feel like. It, go for it but no pressure on that uh, basically though we've got uh, there's four questions and a bonus question um, there are four clips that we're going to play you they're all team radio clips and, and bits of sort of audio from Formula E and uh, you're going to listen to them and then basically just give 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 us the context okay. and, uh, and if I like what you have said then I'll give you the points sound good? Uh, let's see let's do it alright Tim you got the first one ready? I do indeed here we go let's do it lights going out like that I said I really hope that doesn't happen in the race okay so who was that and what they're talking about and where
2: so it was Sam Bird
0: yeah. yep good start
2: with the lights going out like that I really does hope it doesn't happen in the race
0: so I'll help you these are all from this season so we're not going way back so, so, that at, might
2: some, so at some point so at some point this season the lights Doing yeah. the practice starts have not worked, or or is it, is it when Turvey's had a had his shunt in Rome and the practice start? I have no idea. It's Sandbird.
0: <laughs> I, I've got. It's Sandbird. You're right with that. It's if if I said if I said Diria would that help?
2: Oh, is it when it all when we turned all the lights off?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I should have got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, I'll give you well, you get the point for saying Sam Bird okay. and I'll give you a half a point for getting the rest of, of oh, that man. after diria oh, oh, So one and a half. So got ground to make up. That feels here. generous, uh, honestly. That feels generous, I, it does feel generous. It I, I feel like it should, is, but honestly I like, feel
2: like you told me what the yeah. yeah, thing it was and then I, I said am, it and you said half oh, a point.
0: I am being jealous only because uh, if I mean you could be right down I mean Nicky Shields got five and a half points out of a possible
1: but we need Actually, someone no. we need someone to replace Karun Chandok at the bottom of the list so
0: I think yeah he go, got three and a half I think we so, go you well, did you quiz,
2: did, well, did quiz
0: Karun on Formula E? no on his own career we, quiz, we quizzed him
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, there's not much worth remembering, is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cut that one up and pick it on social
0: oh, oh, ouch. Uh, yeah, well, to be fair, it was a different scoring system back then, I think, but it still wasn't good. Okay, okay um, anyway, anyway. Okay, okay, okay sorry. On, okay, digress. second, here's a uh, here's second clip for you. Have a listen to this. Here
1: it is. Oh, I'm not going to make it. Oh, my God. Oh,
2: my. It's over. I'm done. Same for most of
0: the I
2: reckon, that that's, I reckon that's De Costa when Lotterer puts him in the wall in London.
0: Do you want to hear it one more time?
2: Yes, because clearly I was wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my... <laughs> it's over.
2: I'm done.
0: Same for my of Castanho. So right at the start of that, he says, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. So, when did De Costa... You're right, you're right with De Costa. You're right with De Costa. Yeah. When did De Costa...
2: Oh, I'm not
0: gonna make it. <laughs> oh. Vernon had this in one. Did he? He did. He did. Where did Vernon come actually? <laughs> Vernon got eleven points <gasps> out of fourteen. There's three up for each. There's three up for grabs. I should have said for I'm each. Day. Gonna,
2: right. I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna it make
0: was, it. was. Oh, do you want a clue? Or is
1: that? Gonna no. Don't, don't give okay. him a clue. I'm. I'm. Oh. I'm enjoying this.
2: Has he? <laughs> did he miss the? Has he? Did he, he missed, did, all, did he miss the, the qualifying once because of all the group shenanigans? I'm not going to make it. Did he run out of energy? The I clock is ticking. Know. Ooh, yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> what was one of the most Harry, controversial? No. No more year? clues. I'm
2: <laughs> just trying to. No. I don't know. What, uh, what happened? So, all right. So
0: that was from Valencia this year. Oh. Ah! Ah! That. too late come on <laughs> <laughs> this is not looking good right, I'm, not, nice. I'm not I'm oh, not. that's one point that's all it is forget the cost I'm afraid on that one so uh, it's two and a half points at the moment it's you've got to get full points for the rest of this uh, quiz this is what
2: Next. I mean about my memory I have no recollection <laughs> of this
0: right alright here's your third clip have a listen to this here it comes pretty uh, I think we're in doing we shouldn't be having a race now should we Should be getting involved. (laughs) It's an interesting scene. It's been a while since we've been in a club, eh? Mm. So it's. Okay, I'm
2: going. I'm going.
0: Yep.
2: Tom Blomquist on the grid in London when they're doing that disco song.
0: He's got it. Three out of three. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well done. Great. Back in the mix. And you know what? Are these all from that best
2: of team radio?
0: Usually, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't
2: watch that.
0: <laughs> well, that's the only way you find any, any form yeah. of an clips. Yeah, okay. Um, you know what? Because I, I did ask Vernon this question as well, and I gave him an extra point for it, so I feel like I'll give you this as well. Who was the singer before the London E-Prix who was doing all, all, all the build-up before the race?
2: Me... Ray... Yes!
0: Yes! That gets to an extra point. Okay, there we go. Right. We've got one more uh, clip for you and then a bonus question. So uh, still time Time to make up some points. Here's your final clip, though. Easy one. Unbelievable! That's Unbelievable. it. You got it, mate. You got it. Oh, mate. I'm sorry to say, but I'm really disappointed with the driving standard. Fucking
2: hell. <laughs> is, that, is that Nick complaining after Berlin when he wins the title?
0: Yeah. Absolutely correct, yes. Okay. That's a full three points. Okay, all right. Strong end there, Jack. Strong end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. your bonus question, though, for one more point. Can you tell me, and this is according to Wikipedia, I have this answer. So, how old is Dario Franchitti?
2: Oh, no!
0: <laughs> if it's any consolation, Vernon got this wrong.
2: Oh, I think he's thirty. Wow. No, what well, I'm talking shit.
0: <laughs> no, what am I talking about? Forty-three. Oh. Oh. Mm, I've got forty-eight written down on.
2: Oh, that's what I. <laughs> 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 I was so confident it was thirty-eight. I was like oh. thirty-eight. Oh, I Oh like, yeah. Well, it- obviously it can't be. But obviously I meant forty-eight.
0: Oh. <laughs> that's a shame Vernon said he was 50 so uh, he's, oh, you've both I gone I side. 48 because I looked yeah. up
2: the other day
0: that's a real wow. shame Matt but alright let me do the maths one, two, this is going to be mid to lower oh, well, you, you saved it a little bit towards the end so Vernon got 11 which, I which that only put him in the top 15 <laughs> to be honest because we've had care. so many people on this so you've got uh, wait let me do that one he, he, so okay, cares. you've got nine and a half points. I don't care. <laughs> well, I do. Um, and that puts you just below <laughs> David Coulthard, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, so you were picked by company. him. Who and, am I above? Uh, you're above uh, Thierry Neville, Tom Chilton, Johnny Herbert, Jack Aitken. Uh, you're, you're at the you're towards the bottom end. I'm afraid a lot of the Formula E drivers have beaten you. Nick Cassidy, Bohemi... Roland, Mortara, Gutierrez, to be fair, Randall, a lot of people have beaten they've you. They've all beaten you. Yeah. Um, only by a couple of points, though. But that does that does it mean doesn't price. matter, does it? Yeah. But anyway, thank you for playing the hardest yes. quiz in motorsport. It'll, it'll uh, we'll great. move on now. Should we talk about Formula <laughs> E a little bit? <laughs> uh, no, I don't
2: know anything about it. That
1: was brilliant. That was one of my favourite quizzes yet.
2: Let, let's talk. <laughs>
1: let's talk about Formula E. Um, now, one of the things I'm interested in is that, well, Formula E, as we all know, is it's uber competitive. It's up and down the grid, separated by basically nothing. Do you think Formula E is going to stay that way? We've got the new cars coming in, the Gen 3 cars. Or is it going to tilt more towards a sort of Formula 1 model, I suppose, where the, the bigger budgets, the bigger teams tend to rise to the top?
2: I think that Formula E is a very complex animal in that case because it isn't directly correlated at the moment with how much money you spend is is how much you win um, it I don't, I don't see it getting less competitive because because the the, 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 the gains are so small anyway and um, the tracks are so short and things like that mean that the competitive order is going to remain close I think that It is, it is deceivingly close, sometimes, Formula E, because of the nature of the qualifying format. I think if you had sort of standard qualifying, you would see that Mercedes, DS, maybe, um, well, yeah, Mercedes, DS, and Jaguar would probably be the, the quickest three. Mm. And then suddenly they'd be the big three in the same way that in the first years of Formula E, it was Renault and Audi that were the big two. And then DS came in. So, uh, or oh, to cheater, I should say back then. Um, so I think that uh, that's the, that's the kind of situation there, because mm-hmm. I think there is more of a pecking order than, than, than there appears to be. Uh, and I, but I don't think it'll get, it's not going to get massively different like F1. Mm-hmm. Um and even if you saw a team dominate, it wouldn't be domination to the same level because of the amount of data that's yeah. just not available in, in Formula E. I
0: think. Yeah, mm. no, and sure. that's what that what sort of keeps it half <laughs> half entertaining, really, or fully entertaining. That that not having the same, you know, outright mm. results that you can almost predict in Formula One a little bit, but um, and also, you know, it, it can be a. A bit touring car esque as well, sometimes when they're racing around. But I think that's quite fun. But when, I mean, Formula has come a long way in what, seven years since it's been going. When you first joined, what, what did you think about it? Were you a bit skeptical or were you just like, yeah, it looks like a bit of fun, I'll go for it? I was, I don't
2: know if I was, I don't, I, I don't know if I was skeptical. I was not like, I, I wasn't skeptical. I wasn't like, oh, this will never work, this is so stupid. But I was a bit like, okay, let's see what happens. It's, it's a, it's a, I'm 23. It's a job, you know, like genuinely like. It's, wow, you were 23 was, when you got that? Yeah, I must have been like. Wow. 20. Uh, yes, the first, I was 24 for the first race, but I was, um, I was 23 when I got sort of, when I did the car launch in, uh the year before it started i was mm. i was 23 so yeah so when you're 23 and they say do you want to do this international motorsport yeah series that's going to be on ITV you go
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah please thanks that'd be great <laughs> and uh, and so i didn't really almost i never spent too much time being skeptical or worrying about being skeptical or you know because I don't know. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It yeah. never really. And also, when you're 23, you you're just not skeptical about stuff. You're just now I do the job. Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I was very excited, and it sounded really cool, and it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, and it was all up in the air. And how many cars they're going to have? Are the cars going to get to the end of the race? Are the cars going to break down? Is someone going to die in an electrical fire? You know, all these questions. You just had no no idea what the answer was. It was an unknown. But I was never particularly you know, against it as a as, as a concept, and I love an engine as much as the the yeah. next person. You know, I, I love an engine, and formerly isn't Doesn't. screaming and, and making a noise, but it didn't really it didn't really bother
0: me. I still, think and I that- suppose it really put it on the map in that first race with the big crash with Heidfeld and Prost. That probably suddenly skyrocketed it. Your voice screaming over that over the next uh, few weeks or whatever that made BBC news, I mm, think as well. Huge, yeah, did it
2: uh I mean it did actually you're right it was on yeah. the news at 10 that's the worst commentary of my life <laughs> I'm living with it because it gets played around all around the yeah. world and stuff and he goes and I thought he was I thought he was a goner honestly because he goes head first into that barrier and I was like oh this is really bad and it was like I remember being told just say what you see mm. so I just said that's an accident <laughs> yes, and like uh, that's all I shouted and so I like that's an accident. <laughs> But Nick Hyde is terrible. But it's obviously the most played clip in yeah. you know the history of Formula <laughs> E. So it's very annoying when those things happen. But yeah, it put it it put it on the map. I don't know, it put it I'm always I'm always and you'll never know, but I, it put it on the map, but did it make any difference to the future of the championship? I honestly don't know. Because no. for all the people that watched and saw that crash on BBC News. How many of that, how many of those people were converted into Formula E fans or, you know, had an, a, more of an awareness about it? I don't know. But that's, you know, th- that's my whole I've no idea how marketing works, but uh, it was certainly a big moment. It's, it's and it got a, everyone's attention.
1: It certainly did. And it, it's come an awful long way, hasn't it, since those early days? You know, No more seeing drivers leap out of one car and into another. The, the cars are coming an awfully long way. And they. I, I was actually up at EVR last week, uh, actually earlier this week, and um, got up and close with their one of their cars. And they do look incredible. They're, they're fantastic-looking machines. Let's quickly turn our attention to F1. There's one particular commentary I want to talk about because I happened to be on a uh, – I was in the car at the time listening to Five Live, and I was listening to yourself and um, Jolien at Spa. And no joke, it was probably the best three- or four-hour drive I've ever had. <laughs> it was hilarious. That must, that must have been a challenging few hours, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, in particular the chat about cheese what 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 goes to your mind when you've got that long to fill what on earth do you do
2: uh, i, I get it's quite easy chat like i like honestly like it just you're just sitting there and then you know you're waiting for the brain delay or you're waiting for this and and initially you start talking about the normal things and but then you run out of normal formula one things to talk about and no one wants to here, you have a serious debate on the, well, some people do and they email in, but you know, a serious debate on the future of powertrains or what should, you know, should they drop the MGUH? Oh, come on, give me a break. So we just chat about whatever comes up and the listeners are great on that because they'll, they'll tweet things in and, and talk about things and, and the cheese stuff as an example, I can't even remember where it came from. I think, uh, I can't even remember how it started, but we got chatting about cheese and then Palmer didn't like cheese <laughs> or doesn't like, he just likes British cheese, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with British cheese, but he just needs to expand his horizons a little bit. Anyway, we got into that. We got into what is a parabola? What is a, um, what else? I can't really remember what else, but oh, oh we found out Jolion played chess at a county yes, level yes, right. when he was nine. It was just, you know, you just haven't, you just, honestly, those ones are the easiest because you're just sitting there having a chat with your with your mate, really.
0: And um, that, that's and the you're, thing, actually. And you're like, not, I'm just going to just say that Jolien, it must help having him alongside you. Because, I mean, having listened to him quite a lot this year, actually, recently, he's correct. a bit of a, he's one of the best pundits, I would say, drive driver-turn commentator. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the best by far.
2: One of the best by far. That's a nice little, I think he's the best by far. Uh, I think Anthony Davidson's very good. I'm not going to start listing them because then I won't say someone. And and I love Karun. I love Karun. One of my biggest thrills, actually, at Silverstone, at the British Grand Prix this year, obviously there was the crash. And I went up to Karun and I was like, oh, you know, what did you say about it? What do you think about it? He was like, oh, come over here. And he took me to the Skypad. And he gave me like my own little Skypad session. It was great. (laughs) And he was, and uh, so that was great fun. But um. Yes, it's exactly. It's, it's great having him and and Andrew Benson and Jenny Gow wasn't there, but you know she's a she's a friend of mine as well. And so it's just uh, yeah, you just chat about stuff. And also, we're not beholden to. We're on Five Live Sports Extra. That's the that's the other thing I love about doing the radio is the freedom because you know I just do it like and there's no one to <laughs> there's no one to stop me. There's no one to tell me not to do it. Really, like we have a producer. But he's up for it as well. And so away you go. Sometimes when I go a bit, if I go a bit uh, off the wall in Formula E, then I get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, hmm, can we have less of that or a bit less of this? Because... You know the the produce. You know the, the You know we're trying to be professional or whatever. But. I, I
1: think maybe that's the difference, though, between radio and TV because yeah, exactly. radio is a bit more. It's a bit like podcast. You know, they're a bit more friendly. People are sort of listening because they want to listen. It's a bit more wholesome, and, and they don't mind a bit of
2: randomness. It's um,
1: it's quite nice. I mean, like, and said, you're there,
2: to, and you're there to entertain more than to inform. I think on the radio because on the TV you're watching it because you yeah. want to know what's happening in. In the race. On the radio, you want to know what's happening, but you don't need to be told, oh, you're looking at this at this specific moment, which on the TV, every time the every time the shot changes on TV, every time they go to follow a different car, you've got to say, right, now we're looking at Larry Ten Border. I don't know why he's just come to mind, but I gave you a little there bit of Porsche is. stuff. Yeah. But um, you know, and you have every single time you have to change. On the radio, they can do a whole onboard lap with George Russell. I don't have to talk about George Russell, yeah,
0: because
2: you know. Whereas on the TV, you you do because it's the it's the sort of um, you know the, the 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 mixing of the oh mm-hmm. this is terrible talking the <laughs> the combination the combination of the audio and the visual is what creates the thing, and yeah. so you you're beholden to commentate on what they're showing you, which is fine, and uh, I love Formula E because. I've worked with the producer and director for 10 years and, and they're great. And I usually know exactly where they're going I and mean, it's great, but I still have to follow them. Whereas radio is just yeah. do what you want. Yeah, <laughs> mm.
1: no, I like it. I like it a lot. Now um, we're uh, we're already unbelievably at 43 minutes. So we're going to have to skip forward a little bit. Um, I want to know from you, what are you absolutely shite
2: at? Um, drawing. Mm-hmm. Drawing very bad. Yeah. Um, uh, remembering things which
1: yeah.
2: is ironic because i'm struggling to think of what but like that formula e thing like when you were like biggest controversy of the formula e season no idea
1: no i don't know
2: yeah. i don't remember a controversy <laughs> no <laughs> you, you say valencia and then i remember so remembering things drawing
1: um
0: uh what else i don't know
1: that's, I, that's I, good enough will, will, okay. will buxton incidentally fantastic at drawing very, very yeah. talented artist. He's
0: a bit of an he's a bit of an artiste, is not he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's flip that on his head then. Apart from commentary, what are you excellent at? Any hidden talents? No.
2: Like, well, honestly,
0: not I'm not excellent.
2: No, anything. no musical
1: instrument or anything or drum kit.
2: I yeah, there's a there's a oh, look. I dabble in music in terms of I'm teaching myself the drums. I oh, taught good. myself piano. I play some guitar. Ah, oh, there you go. But but like but the, you but you said excellent. Like I'm absolutely not excellent. <laughs> average at best. Yeah, average. Yeah, yes, I would that. say av- uh, 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 I've always said if if a band wanted someone to play rhythm guitar and do backing vocals, I think I'd genuinely be <laughs> fucking great at that mm. because I can strum along the chords. I can go <laughs> ah. Yeah. C- and D- I think I'd be great G- at that. But but there's quite a niche uh, desire.
1: Oh yeah,
2: you know. <laughs> we, we were thinking
1: about setting up a, a Motormouth band because Harry with his thespian antics I've got yeah. an album there's loads of people that can play instruments we could have a really bad or, no we could have an average band
0: yeah, yeah absolutely we should. Yeah. We could do the National Anthem after uh, after every race bad. oh
2: that National Anthem in was it Austria where they just shredded it yeah. it was unbelievable was it Austria I think it was Austria it feels like an Austrian
0: probably, thing probably yeah feels <laughs>
2: like an Austrian
1: thing <laughs> um we have uh a final three questions which we're going to sling at you which are brought to you and how many points for these none no points yeah. for these no <laughs> none points. i'm afraid zero point <laughs> yeah i need it <laughs> um these are brought to you by our friends at f1 experiences before i come on to them i'm going to ask you our our weird question because i'm curious as to what what will come out of your mouth um if you could have feathers or scales what would you have and why all over your body
2: feathers scales around. Scales are rank, yeah. You just don't want to be you don't want to just be slippery, you just you'd rather be a bit stuffy. <laughs> slippery scales, yeah. That's, a fair, That's a fair shout. Yeah. Who's
0: picking scales? I've uh, had a couple. No,
2: Tom Who picked scales?
0: Yeah, I think Tom Chilton did, did, didn't he? Because he, he said he could sw- he could swim. <laughs> I don't think we place. asked him that, although we need to go back and do yeah. and ask him. I think I feel like someone like Tom Chilton he did. said like scales yeah. or something like that. Someone like him. Yeah. It yeah. yeah. Um but apart from feathers, then, um, what has got you excited at the moment?
2: Oh, this is such a F one. Uh. <laughs> it's such a lame thing, like I'm so into F one at the moment. Because my whole career of doing F one, I started in twenty fourteen, the year of the, the first year of hybrids. Oh right. So I've only ever done Mercedes domination in F one. And even then you get you get a little bit of a flirting from Ferrari with their dodgy engines and you go, Oh, and then oh, oh. But this year is just such a proper year of F one, and maybe one of the best seasons of F one in history that I am just absolutely loving covering it. And I, that sounds like such a lame answer. I'm trying to think no. of something else. What am I excited about? No. Being, I just built a. Um, I uh, spent the last two days building a shed for Kings Langley Football Club uh, because to be the uh, the club shop, basically. For so. Yeah, I went to, I got a van, went to Enfield, picked it up, found it on Gumtree for a fiver, Perfect. built it, oh. fixed, fixed the floors, furthered the roof again. Fair and there we go. So I'm really, and after we finish this, I'm going back up to, to paint it.
1: Wow. Well, giving back. That's what we like. Yeah. Um, second question for you of our final three What
0: are you scared of?
2: Uh, flying. Mm.
0: Really? Like, like commercial terrifying. flying Or actually flying a plane? Sorry, what's what's like? like sorry, meaning? like just being. Oh, in yeah, a, in I'm a scared of jumping
2: off or... a building and trying to fly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. no, I meant like just sitting in a plane as a passenger, or like actually flying a plane.
2: Oh, I don't know. Actually, I probably I probably be less scared if I was flying the plane. But yeah, commercial flying. Oh, it terrifies me.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, I. Ah, I've, it's a big inconvenience. Yeah. I mean, it's... yeah. I mean, this year probably a bit different than last year with COVID and all that. But uh, the many years that have gone by, and you've just about made it. Wow. Fair yeah enough. it's just i but you you know you, you, you take, a, take a things. pill and sleep or something yeah,
2: yeah 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 take the take the wine all the wine and the a wine. pill and neck pillow i'm and then just pretend it's <laughs> not happening <laughs> i had a horrible one coming back from valencia today um this season uh i had to go via portugal and honestly it was this little turbo prop and we're bouncing it oh yeah it's just terrifying
0: yeah it's, I uh, mean, yeah it's never f- fun really when you get something like that
2: that's the first time we've had that you know
0: in nearly 100 episodes like, yeah it's weird we've had I mean uh, Sebastian Buemi is uh, scared of sharks apparently yeah. which I found really? hilarious um because I'm really? not sure there are many in Switzerland but, well that's um, the thing
2: with being scared like I'm obviously scared of like I'm scared of uh, I, I don't know the hurricanes or
0: <laughs> being get a lot of them of
2: <laughs> in the head you know but like these things aren't something
0: yeah, you come yeah, across no, when's no. Seb
2: coming across sharks
1: well <laughs> well maybe yeah. paddock, okay. um, yay, I, I have not I haven't brought this one up for a while but uh, my I've got a phobia of uh collections of tiny holes so how do you like
2: do you ever is this going to be a
1: sieve gag uh I don't mind a sieve but if if it's like a uh a, a cheese na- grater cheese grater yeah not great a sm- a sponge Not good. There's there's also there's a horror. There's a horrible. What's it going to do to you? I know. There's a horrible picture online of someone's oh someone's foot with these like tiny little perforations and holes all over, and it like acupuncture. No, it's like there's this picture. If you it's an actual phobia. I can't remember what it's called, but there's a picture of someone's foot on the internet when you type in this phobia, and it's it's got like hundreds of holes in their foot, and honestly, it makes me want to throw up. I and it makes my whole. My skin's tingling now. It's a really odd thing, but it's very common. I'm not the only one. A couple of our guests have had it, but uh, mm. you should test yourself out. You should Google tiny holes and see what your reaction is. <laughs> In fact, you might get something else. Maybe <laughs> have fun with that. Multiple <laughs> tiny holes. But yeah, that's my one. Weird.
0: Um, God, on. we'll we'll wrap it up then with the final question to throw at you, Jack. Um, favorite racing destination of the Formula One or Formula E calendar or both? This one's impossible. It's honestly so impossible. I would have to. I will have to go.
2: I think I have to go. Oh, I don't know. I will go Austin or Monza. Yeah, I knew you were Austin say or that. Monza. I knew you were gonna say Austin. I agree because I absolutely love Monza. Just I love Italy. I love Monza, and you stay up on Lake Como, and. Oh, it's just wonderful and I just love the track Monza so much Austin the track's all right it's pretty good but then Austin is a city's phenomenal but yeah. then Hong Kong I loved Hong Kong when Formula e used to oh, go yeah. there oh New York like Formula e races in New York yeah. like is, this is just a stupid question I have no idea you get, you no get the
0: idea. best of you get the best of both by doing F1 and FE really oh, Formula e is
2: just a bet honestly Formula is a joke in terms of like <laughs> just fun. next year going to Cape Town, and then the races in Cape Town. That's the thing with Formula One. So many places, Shanghai, you're miles outside of Shanghai, so you don't really get to go into Shanghai. You can go into Shanghai once. But uh, Hong Kong, Formula E, you just just stay in in Hong Kong, and you're right in it. Being right in it is phenomenal. And that's why Austin is good, because
0: you're very... Very close to being right in it, and then Austin's so cool, yeah, mm. yeah, no. sounds <laughs> amazing. Um, well, look, Jack, we've taken up more than enough of your time, so thank you so much, uh, Jack Nichols, BBC F1 and Formula E commentator, for coming on to the Motormouth podcast. You're welcome, I was I meant to say back? something there? Sorry, thank you for having me was well, that, that the end yeah that's the end <laughs> <laughs> and we're done and cut before you go one final reminder to check out Rodin cars forget a one-off experience with Rodin and the Rodin FZ you can become and live the life of an elite performance driver with your very own Rodin FZ you'll be able to drive a truly remarkable supercar hunt down lap time and search for ultimate performance a solo cockpit but never alone with Rodin's incredible after-sale partnership you'll be we looked after on and off track with an official formula racing team running and maintaining your vehicle and as an exclusive owner of a rodent car you'll get exclusive access to their circuit in new zealand so what are you waiting for? To find out how you can own the F1 lifestyle, find the perfect racing line, enjoy the thrill of a roaring engine, and experience the purity of driving, visit rodent-cars.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth Podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official, and Facebook just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social. Pro- to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy we're also proud to be supporting the brain tumor charity too so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motormouth podcast